praise you, Lord, I praise you, oh, I praise you, yes, I praise you, how I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you, oh, I love you, yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy, so you're worthy.
You know how God is? You ask him for one pen, he'll give you the best golden pen he can give you. He always gives you the best. He always gives you more than you can ask for money. That's who God is. If we can know the character and the faithfulness of God, then you will be ever grateful to him. And no matter what you go through, you will never let go of him. Because you know who he is. Only when we have some doubts about God, if we don't know who God is, then we can be sitting and asking, Lord, do you have eyes? Do you have ears? Lord, do you see what I'm going through? I'm the only one who is going through. Lord, and I'm crying over here, and you're up there somewhere. Those are all the talks of people who don't know God. But when we know God, that is, when we read His Word, that's how we get to know His love, His compassion, and how true He is. And you know, in the Bible, God says, His eyes are open, and His ears are attentive to our cry. Because God is listening. Every single prayer that you pray, never just goes somewhere else in the air. It goes straight to our Father. If we can believe internet, if you can believe your telephone, you should be able to believe God. It's much more faster, much more quicker, and much more powerful. That is the power of prayer. And one thing that Satan will be very, very afraid of is prayer. He will do everything he can to stop us from praying. He'll make us feel tired, make us feel lazy. He'll say, okay, I'll pray a little later. Oh, God understands, I'll say, quick, one minute prayer, or even ten seconds. God, I'm so tired, I love you, Jesus, good night. Who is the loser? <laughs> God or us? God will be sad, but you know what? We lose. We lose from receiving from God, from expressing our love and gratitude to the Lord. And God watches. You know that the ten lepers who came to Jesus for healing? And Jesus was so good, he was so gracious, he healed them. And what happened to them? They all went their way. Only one came back to give them thanks. That shows a grateful heart. We have to say always, I tell the Lord always, Lord, help me to be ever, ever, ever grateful to you. Never, not even a second should we say, I'm too tired to give God thanks. We can do so much more, and all we can only say is thank you. We cannot give anything in return. Don't you think we should do that? Definitely we should do that. Not in the midst of, not only in the midst of trouble, but when we are happy, when we are full, we should learn to give thanks, and that will come. Only when we cultivate that habit. It's never going to come spontaneously. It's like learning a language. We will never um, speak fluently. A baby is never going to speak fluently unless you really encourage the child. Speak to the child. Train the child. Teach the child good words, nice words. And show the child. The same way we have to practice speaking to the Lord. Learning the language of the Lord. Through his word. And the more we talk to the Lord, the more he talks to us. God is so real. I don't know how many, you know, some of you might have experienced that, but God is so real. I would say, if somebody comes and says, we found a proof, you know, scientific proof that there is no God, and come and tell me all the things of this world, I can tell you one thing. You can never, never, never convince me of that because he talks to me. He talks to me every single day. God talks to me every single day. So what can you do to somebody like that? You cannot convince. No amount of scientific proof is going to convince. So is there any point in us even looking into any scientific research to believe God? No. If we know who our God is, we don't need you know, to really go into any debates of whether uh, God exists or Jesus did, re did, did Jesus really come. Somebody can say, oh, there was no Caiaphas. Oh, Jesus never died. 
doesn't matter. To us, we know He is alive. Because He died, He forgave us. Because He rose again, He talks to us. So without that, there's no point. So we need to really know that for a fact that Jesus talks to me. So get to know Jesus. Really get to know the Lord. And God, not only, He's not like a silent person. We say, Lord, help me. And then you feel a quiet ghost coming and picking you up from somewhere and say, just, you know, throw you over somewhere else. No. God comforts us. Like a mother will comfort her child, God comforts us. And God also talks about some of the mothers who don't comfort the children. That's why he says, even if a mother forgets a child, God says, he will always be with us and remember So. We should have that resolved in us, who God is. God is not somebody, a distant man. God is not somebody who is some um, very old-fashioned um, person who is far away, who cannot understand our situation, who cannot understand what we are going through. Lord, I'm living in this modern century. You don't know what I'm going through. The Bible says He is the same unchanging Jesus. He is the God of all times, all seasons, all culture, everything. Everything you can imagine, even the culture that's going to be 20 years from now, 100 years from now, He is the same. He will never change. So He knows. He is the all-knowing God. That means we will all be gone, but God will already know what's going to happen 10,000 years from now, 50 years from now, tomorrow. He holds everything in the palm of His hands. So we serve such a powerful God. The reason why I am describing you about who God is, because we need to know a proper picture of who He is. If we know who He is, if we know how powerful He is, then when we go to Him, we would never think, is He going to do? Is God going to do? A lot of us have plan B's. How many of you had plan B's many times? Ask the Lord for something in the back of your mind. If this doesn't happen, then I'm going to do that. You know what God will do a lot of times? Almost all the time? He'll just stay back. You have plan B? Go ahead with your plan B. When the plan B fails, you want to try C? Try C too. I'll wait. Then D, E, and F fails. We go, Lord, I failed. Then God picks us up. Do you know what? We don't have to go through that. First time we go to the Lord, the Bible says, He who comes to God must believe that He is. That means He is the Almighty God. He is the all-knowing God. He is the all-sufficient God. That means He has a big storehouse that has no end. So do you need clothes for tomorrow? He has that. Do you need food for day after tomorrow? He has that. Do you need money for your college? He has that. Do you need money for your marriage? He has that. Or do you need a husband? He has that in the storehouse too. He has everything you need in His storehouse. So what a privilege that we have. Not even our parents can give it. Not even the president has something like that. God has much more in his storehouse. So all we need to do is like a little child. Go to the father. Go to daddy. And you know what? He's the best daddy. You cannot compare that daddy to any daddy in this world. You cannot. Even to the best daddy in the world, you cannot. that cannot even be a shadow of the Almighty God. Because he is the best. And we have him as our daddy. He's our daddy. And you go to him and you ask him, Daddy, I want this. You know what he'll say? My daughter, is it good for you? That's the first question. 
Is this the right time? Are you ready for this? Because I love my son to death. But if he comes and asks me, Mommy, I love you so much. I'm only 12 years old. Please give me your car keys. I want to drive. What do you think I'm going to say? Oh, my son, I love you. Take the car keys. No. Never. Because I love him so much, I'll say, Darling, wait till you're 18. Right? And even at 18, I really want to know if he drives properly, right? And we need to have that assurance that he will come back alive and safe with no broken bones. So God is much more caring than that. So if there is any delay that we think for our prayers, he knows. My daughter, a little longer. You need to grow up a little more, a little longer. Sometimes we can come, like my daughter last night, we were getting something ready um, you know, for our um, function that we're going to have Saturday. And uh, I was cutting, and it's a sharp, long scissors. I want that scissors. I know how to cut. I want that scissors now. Crying. You think I'll give it to her? No. I know what it is. I said, no scissors. Go and sit down. No scissors for you. She said, no, mommy. I know how to use the scissors. It is so long and so sharp. And she says, no, I want it. I said, you are not going to have it. Otherwise, it's going to cut your hand. Sometimes, they won't understand. All you can say is, you want to sit and watch what mommy is going to do or help me with something else or go to sleep. That's it. And she does not want to go to sleep. So she'll settle for, okay, mommy, I'll do something else. But I will never give her the scissors. You understand? So God is just like that. Sometimes we may ask for something that we may think we can handle, like my daughter did. And God knows. We are like babies before God. You know that? Even if we get 80 years old, we go um, to uh, a rehab center on Saturdays and we have like 103-year-old people. They're 90-something, right? Tell them, you know what? You are Jesus' baby. You can be 103, but whose babies are we? Jesus' babies. We are his babies. No matter how old we get, no matter how old I get, I'm going to be my mother's baby, right? Now, no matter how old we get, we are babies to our Father. So he takes such good care of us. There's no one in this world who can take such good care of us like our Heavenly Father. We need to get that concept. Never compare Heavenly Father with your Earthly Father. That'll be a huge mistake. Never, never compare our Heavenly Father with your Earthly Mother. That'll be a huge mistake. Like I said, even the best parents can never compare even to the shadow of our Heavenly Father. God is very unique. He's all kind. He's all loving. He's so gentle. He's very affectionate. He's very tender. He's very just. He's very righteous. And he can do everything. He will move mountains for you. Do you know that? God, if he wants to move a mountain for you, he will do it. If he knows that you need to perform his will and you need to go from point A to point B, and there's a mountain in the way, he can and he will. God is such a powerful God. So may we have that in front of our eyes. And when we go to the Lord in prayer, we have to believe God, number one, for who? He is. He is. And that is, is. Almighty, all-sufficient, all-knowing, ever-present, omnipresent. So this is who we go to. We must know who He is. Number two, He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That means no matter, no matter um, what we go through, we have to hold on to the Lord 
And we have to say, Lord, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. That's what diligently seeking Him is. Diligently seeking Him is not like, okay, Lord, hey, God, I have my test tomorrow. Help me to pass. Amen. Is that diligently seeking Him? No. Diligently seeking Him is really, really holding on to the Lord, like Jacob said, Lord, unless you bless me, I'm not going to let you go. That is a prayer that will bring results. Because now the Lord knows you really mean business with God and you're really depending on God for His grace. Not like, Lord, I know, you know what I'm going to do, but just give me some help and God will do that. So, he who comes to God must believe that He is and then He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That means we should know when I diligently seek Him, what will He do? He will definitely, definitely, definitely reward. That means He will answer. He knows the best and He will give us the best. And that is for a fact that what Jesus will do. And let's continue to read a couple of more verses from this psalm. Uh, let me read verse 18. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. Now this talks about the enemies. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. So this talks about how much God loves. God takes delight in us. That is the reason why we are here. If he never delighted in us, then we wouldn't be here. If we ever feel like, oh, nobody likes me, and I feel lonely, remember, Jesus delights in you. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus can protect you. Jesus can provide for you. If you ever feel like, Lord, I don't have the money tomorrow, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to get my clothes? Whatever it is, remember, God will provide for you. And God delights in you. You know what? Let's read. Verse 21, For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. Now that is a secret. You want the Lord really to delight in you. Follow Him faithfully. Follow Him faithfully. Follow Him faithfully. And God will provide. He is faithful to supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God is speaking as a prophecy to somebody here. You're worried. Lord, how am I going to Go past this. Lord, how am I going to go past this? Who is going to carry me through past this? Lord, I know you can carry me through. But Lord, I'm not confident. You know what the Lord says? He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or imagine. So no matter what you have in the back of your mind, you may not have it like right here. All the time it's there. All the time it keeps coming saying, Lord, what is going to happen? Six months from now, what's going to happen? Eight months from now, what's going to happen? How am I going to go back? Those are all your thoughts. But the Holy Spirit says, cast all your cares upon Him. He cares for you. And uh, let's read from 25 to 29. We're going to close uh, with this in a little while. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble. You bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help I can advance against a troop. With my God I can scale a wall. So with God basically we can do anything. With Jesus you can do anything in the world. And God says in verse 27, yesterday when we had the women's Bible study, you know that's what I spoke on. When we are humble, God gives us his favor. That is the word of God. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5 to the humble God gives grace. 
He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You want God to give you more grace? The more humble you are, God will keep lifting you up. The more humble you are, God will keep lifting you up. The ones who keep going up are the ones who are humble. The moment we say, okay, I know everything, I can do anything, I've arrived, that's the time the Lord will take his hand off. He'll say, okay, daughter, learn your lesson, then come back. I will help you. Any good parent would do that. So God, in his mercy, because of his love, he actually lets us fall to our face on the ground. So we just saw, ouch, I got hurt. I cannot walk like a baby. I need your hand, Lord. Hold my hand. I don't want to be independent. And God is so faithful. God is so faithful. I can say over and over and over again, God is so faithful. We serve such a faithful God, a faithful God, a faithful God, ever-present help in time of trouble. So anytime we have trouble, you can always call. We can call the Lord in our labor room, call the Lord in the delivery room, call the Lord in the examination room, call the Lord anywhere, anywhere, in the hospital, anywhere. You can call on Him and He'll say, I'm right here. God is right here. And um, 29, with your help, I can advance against the truth. And with my God, I can scale a wall. That means with God, He's basically saying, I can do anything. I can do anything. God will do everything for you. And God's word says, with God, we know all this verse, right? With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Just highlight the word all. There's nothing that is impossible with Jesus Christ. With God, all things are possible. And God has a very specific purpose. A very specific purpose for you, for you, for each one of you. And um, like even though I have five children, I never treat them as school children, right? I don't go home and say, hi children, hi kids, how are you? You know, you want dinner? You know, come to my um, cafeteria. You know, line up and take, no. Each child is so special. I call Daniel, I call Lester, I call Elizabeth, I call Samuel, I call Joseph, Joseph's my baby. But I remember all of those names. And I'm a human, okay? And it's only five. So, but God is eternal. He created you and me. And he created, he never said, okay, there is going to be two Kirubas. In, I may have somebody who has my name. You know that? Even though my name is not that common, I still may have somebody who has my name. Same thing, we may have like 100 Jessicas. We may have 1,000 Marys. We can have 10,000 Josephs. But you know that? There are no two Josephs in the world. Before God, and even scientifically, you have no two DNAs. God made you so unique. God loves you so much. When He designed you, He said, I made you so fearfully and wonderfully. And when we look at the creation of God, it is amazing. It is so beautiful. I look at it, a lot of times I think, Lord, how did He even... Even, I was like thinking last week, even when God made Adam, that clay, you know the details that are in the human body? How did He make those? We humans, we can understand. Then I think, God is so awesome. He's so powerful. Even the little microchip, you know that? Little microchip that is in certain devices that has all the data in it. How did they make that? But we have faith in that, right? We all have faith in that. We can know, like, just this iPhone has basically everything you need. And just that little plastic car, you can take that anywhere, right? And buy anything. That little black strip, how does that happen? How is it able to actually draw money from your bank? How is it able to do that? It's happening. And humans are doing it. Imagine how much bigger God is. He just designed every single neuron, every single cell, 
every single blood was. He really took so much care to create you and me. And God is such an amazing God. So he just didn't randomly say, okay, let humans populate the earth and everybody just popped up everywhere. No. God has a plan. And in the Psalms it says, God actually takes notice when everybody's born. It's recorded in the Bible that God takes notice when everybody's born. And there is a time to be born. God has a real time where each person has to finish their race and enter into glory. So our focus on this earth has to be, Lord, you're so great, you're so glorious, you're so good. But my focus is not here. I am sent here with a mission. A lot of times we may not even realize we may live for today or for tomorrow. But all our tomorrows will one day come to an end, right? I'm not eternal, you're not eternal. We all have a beginning point and we all have an ending point. But if we know that I am a stranger in this world, you are a stranger in this world, how will you live? How will you live? And you know that you're going to go somewhere someday. That is your home. And whatever you do now is going to count for eternity. How will you live? We have to just give ourselves a few minutes to think, how am I going to live? A lot of people, they work so hard, you know, for their retirement home. 10 years, 20 years, after that, what's going to happen? Somebody else is going to take that home. But our everlasting home, not too many people even think about it. But that's where we're going to be, there, forever and ever and ever. And God really put that deep inside my heart. Live for eternity. You live for eternity. Every minute that you spend, if you are wise, it's like going into a piggy bank. This minute, the Lord takes note, oh, my daughter did this for me. It's going into your savings bank. And you won't even know. Because you love Jesus, you're serving Him. But it keeps going into that piggy bank. And one day when you reach glory, God will say, look what you have. The reward will be great in heaven. Don't you want an abundance entry to heaven? I want it. When I go, I want Jesus to welcome me into heaven. We just don't want to just go like, oh, I just made it. We really want to have that abundant entry into heaven. My warrior is here. That's what we want to hear from the Lord. My warrior is here. This child fought for me, my truth, saved millions from the gates of hell. And my warrior is here. Look at the people that she brought, she's brought for the Lord. And isn't that an amazing thing? God of heaven and earth, even though he can bring everybody to him, himself, is giving us the privilege to fight for his kingdom. He's giving us this privilege to live for his kingdom. Isn't that such a big privilege that he's giving? The privilege that only God can give to us. That he even accepts praises from our lips. That he even accepts the work of our hands. We have to think about that. We are not doing God any service. Actually, it's a privilege to serve him. Even when we worship him, it's a privilege to worship the Lord. It's a privilege to serve the Lord, serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to just um, uh, tell you just one short uh, testimony what the Lord did for me in my life. So when you are faithful to the Lord, God even counts the hair of your head. You believe that? If you feel like, Lord, my hair is falling. And if you feel sad, Lord, look at how much hair is coming on my hairbrush. Look at that. Then you think, okay, let me just, you know, throw that away. And then you keep combing again, look how much. And you go and tell somebody, the next person, your friend, you know, or somebody you know, says, don't worry about it, it'll grow back. But you see, your hair keeps falling. You know what? You can tell God even that. 
Because not a single hair from your head falls without the knowledge of the Father. That means, to that extent, He cares for you. What somebody can say, okay, this is nothing. Don't even bother with it because it doesn't matter to them that much. It's not their hair that's falling. It's your hair. You know? But God really takes it to heart. He says, my child, if your hair is falling, let me know. I know it, but let me know. Let me know. So that I can actually make it grow again. Do you believe that? God can do that? You can go to the Lord and tell Him, Lord, I need more hair. You can tell Him that? Yes. Yes, you can tell Him that. God is a faithful God. What concerns you concerns your Heavenly Father. What concerns you? When my child comes and tells me something, I never say, okay, this is trivial. Don't talk to me about it. Every little thing does matter to God. And God is such a faithful God. For prayer, please contact us at prayer at LBFL International Ministries .org. That's prayer at LBFL International Ministries .org. Or you may phone us at 001-845-360-0534. Once again, 001-845-360-0534. You may write us at LBFL International Ministries, PO Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, USA. On the web, please visit us at www.lbethelinternationalministries.org.